William, it is Tony week, finally. Finally, after what feels like centuries, it's finally here. Thank God, something to celebrate. You know what else I am celebrating? Broadway is coming back. I saw two shows this week. I know you did. There is no bigger Broadway cheerleader than Celine Velandez. And you know what else is back after a short summer break? The audition. Yes, indeed. The audition is back. This is an all new episode of our podcast. And we are back this fall to tell all the incredible Broadway stories when Broadway needs these stories the most. That's so important for everyone listening. Broadway is slowly coming back but we wanted to come back fully and we want this community to understand and feel just how much we miss them when they were gone. Um, our guest today is Joaquina Kalukengo. She's the star of the upcoming musical Paradise Square, but she is Tony nominated for her unforgettable performance as Kanisha in Slave Play. I should add a best actress nominee to be clear to be correct period best actress best actress nominee joaquina's slave play audition story though is is truly one of a kind what happened in that room is really special i can't wait for her to tell the story it is something that is frankly unheard of well it it was going to be that way it was inevitable the play itself is such a historical achievement and joaquina approached it from the beginning with such fierceness and grace and it her story is incredibly inspiring it is, her performance was one of the reasons I kept going back to see Slave Play. She brought so much power and such tenderness to the role. Celine, I am so excited that she's here. Let's bring in the great Joaquina Calacanga. I'm so happy to be able to, to talk to you again and talk to you more specifically about you and also about the audition for Slave Play, which I saw, actually, I saw twice. And I would see it again. If it was on tomorrow, I would go see it again and again and again. It's it's that kind of show where there's there's so much, it is so rich, or I would just go see it to to watch you deliver that monologue again and again. So, Joaquina, tell us a little bit about that that first audition for Slave Play and and how you got the call and and what you knew about it when you got the call. So uh, when I got the call, it was in the summer, and this was recently after my father had just passed away from his battle with kidney cancer. And so uh, I was very much in the middle of grief <laughs> at that time. And then uh, my uh, agent at the time said, you know, there's this play that's going to Broadway. It was off Broadway. It's very controversial. Uh, have you heard about it? And I had been, I've been living in, in Atlanta at that time for about two years. So I didn't get to see it off Broadway. Um, so I said, okay, well, let me read it. <sighs> 
and I couldn't breathe. <laughs> By the time I got to the end of it, I couldn't believe they commissioned this thing to go to Broadway. It was so radical. And I immediately called up um, my friend Tiana, who played it off Broadway. And we had a chit chat about it. And she said, just go in, do your thing. And I said, well, do you think I should just send in a tape? She said, no, you need to fly in, just go fly in. So <laughs> I booked a flight <laughs> and my best friend, um, Chris, uh, took me to the audition and we prayed before I went in and it was crazy. It was at Ripley Greer Studios and there were all of these, there were a couple of like black women <laughs> dressed in like slave garments. <laughs> and so I was like, well, this is like the Twilight Zone. This this is what I auditioned for. This is interesting. And so <laughs> I'm waiting in the lobby and I just took a breath and I went in and I went in barefoot. Cause I, 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 I like to feel my feet on the ground in auditions sometimes with certain parts where you can do that. So it grounded me and I had my sides in my hand. They were scenes from slave play and scenes from each part. And I walked in and there's Robert O'Hara and Jeremy O'Hara's and they said, oh, we see you're ready to work, but put those sides down. We want to talk to you. So like, here I was ready to like start and go in and go have, and they're like, nope, we're going to have a conversation. Sit down. And they proceeded to just tell me all of the controversy surrounding this play, how they received death threats, how there were petitions to get it closed. I mean, they were like, we just want you to be fully prepared before you even audition for this to know what you're walking into, right? And I think at that time, because I was like in the, maybe I was in my angry stage of grief. I was like, I'm ready for these trolls. I wish they would. Like, just let somebody say something in the chat. Um, Bring it. So, so then um, we started the audition and I knew for me, Jeremy wrote in the play that slave play is a comedy of sorts. And so the first scene I think was, um, was, right in the midst of like the antebellum South, right? And so I said, huh, I don't know if I know a slave that's funny. And I had to like, try to like put that in my brain, like where would I have seen that? And then it immediately clicked for me was Gone with the Wind. Mm -hmm. And I remember the character with a really high voice. And I said, oh, maybe that's my way in. And so um, I pitched her really high really crazy just and and what I loved about the character I think in Gone with the Wind was that she used that highness as a way of manipulating the people around her to think that she was ignorant and that she couldn't do anything to get out of the mm -hmm. work and I said this sort of fits this if we're gonna go do this kind of slave play it should be in, in that sort of frame so I used that to attack the scene and Jeremy said by the end of it can we just give you the part now and Robert was like no we got other people to see I was like, okay, thanks, guys. So, so I fully dipped and got back on a flight just right after the audition. But I flew oh, wow. in that morning and then flew back out. And I was like, we're just going to go for it. And then as you're on that plane going from Atlanta to New York, do you have a audition, pre-audition ritual? Like, what were you doing on the plane? Were you watching Family Guy or were you spiraling? <laughs> I did look over my lines. Um, I was not spiraling. Um, and then I think because my best friend, uh, we've known each other since we were 12. Um, and he's a theater kid too. So 
him picking me up with all of his energy and light just kind of made it so easy and peaceful. Um, and, and, and we just learned to not take ourselves too seriously. Crack jokes. We're in the car singing Beyonce and Whitney Houston and all kinds of other songs before we get there. Um, so it just put me in a place of, of, um, I don't know, I guess of joy and just yeah. not because, you know, you're going to go into that thing and it, it has its own energy and spirit too. And so I think that, that levity, that light, that joy was so essential before you go um, and audition, if you could have that space. And sometimes it's hard. We were in a car, uh, so it was easier to have that space to do that yeah. where it's harder to do that, you know, on a train, but yeah, that, that is essential for me. And then I always say a prayer. And then we just go in there and then we have a good uh, dinner afterwards. You always treat yourself. <laughs> Joaquina, I think it's really interesting that it was really just a very small group in that audition room because we've heard audition stories where there's a casting director, there's an assistant cat, there's like a cast of millions watching this audition. And for you, it was quite personal and intimate. You, Jeremy and Robert, I want to hear a little bit more. We want to hear a little bit more about how you felt about that kind of intimacy. And also if you can talk a little bit more about the conversations that were happening in that room, not only the notes, but sort of those kind of intimate, more detailed conversations that were happening given that it was such a small group. Yes, it is incredibly rare to have such a small group of people in a room with you, um, but it usually happens very early on in the process. So your first audition is usually either a casting director um, and a reader. And the director and, and, and writer are nowhere near until like the last part. So right. for me, I was coming in right, I think, at the beginning of their auditions uh, for Kanisha. So I ended up lucking out that it was just the, the, them two in the room. And I think the casting director brought me in, if I'm not mistaken. And um, the first thing they told me to do, they just told me to sit down. <laughs> So not even begin and let's have a conversation, which never happens. Um, <laughs> and there was no table that they were sitting behind. Like they were like in front of the table. Oh, it was wow. very intimate, a small mm -hmm. room um, at, at Pearl Studios. And um, they just began the conversation with, so you're prepared. We want to make sure before you decide to even audition that this is something that you're okay with because a lot is going to come with this role. You're going to be the face of this thing. You may receive some backlash for it because at that time they received death threats and all petitions to end it mm -hmm. and all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, so they wanted me to be fully prepared for that. And I was totally prepared. I feel like at that point, like I said, because I think <laughs> because of the grief, I was right. fully ready to like beat everybody up. It was like waiting for somebody to say something. But then, um, they also said, um, you know, this is going to be a, um, a very taxing. Robert O'Hara said, it's going to cost you something. It's mm. going to cost the audience members something when they mm -hmm. walk into the space. And it's going to cost you something to do it every single night. And I didn't know how much it would cost me. And it was very, it was a very truthful statement to have in that room. And, and when we do this work specifically with our ancestors and abuse, it, it, it is incredibly important to take care of yourself. So they, they, they told me about the process of like how they would be able to take care of us as a company and what that would mean for us just to make sure that we took care of our bodies every night to be able to do it eight uh, mm. times a week. 
And in that, it, I feel like when they started with that conversation, you go, well, now I, I totally want to be on board with right. this. Like, You're like, this is family. This is going to be great. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. To, to open up with that kind of conversation, it immediately felt like family. And and so, yeah, we did the scenes and, and we just kind of talked through. Jeremy O'Harris gave some notes here and there. And that was it. And it was it was beautiful. I, I like I don't think I've ever experienced that type of um, intimacy. Yeah. Intimacy, honesty mm-hmm. and, and real vulnerability. I yeah. think mm-hmm. um, to, to be able to say that to somebody, yeah. you know, people don't take the time right. to really talk to actors in an yeah. audition room about the process and what you're going through. So, yeah, it was incredibly generous of them yeah. to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much compassion in mm-hmm. that. Right. And and understanding of. Of obviously this particular work, but also just of all the work that that you will would have put in sort of in that performance. I mean, watching your performance, you you do think at the end of it, right, you have the last two words of the whole show, which are (laughs) which are thank you. Right. Right. Which, you know, I mean, your performance, even those two words, you leave the theater and those words sort of echo in the audience's mind again and again and again. I I think about your thank you so much. And, you know, watching Slave Play and watching your performance, you do wonder how you do that physically and emotionally every night. And for them to recognize and to share that with you is, as you said, generous. And I, I think reveals an understanding of of an actor's process and vulnerability as well. Yes. So speaking of vulnerability and and generosity and all that emotional stuff, how are you preparing <laughs> for the Tonys? okay are you having the time of your life let's let's walk through the tony prep process the gowns the jewelry the jewelry um all of that how are you um are you having fun i'm starting to i think for the longest i was just like this feels like the longest april fool's joke ever i was waiting (laughs) for somebody to pull out the rug right and, and now that it's here, I'm like, oh gosh, this is weeks away. My sister is designing my dress. She designed oh. my dress for opening of Slave Play. Um, when we opened on Broadway, so I was like, you have to do my Tony's dress. So I'm very excited about that. She's going to be my date mm-hmm. for the night. I'm going to have a sister's night. And jewelry, I'm really excited. I don't know what it's going to look like. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> wait to see it. <laughs> You're in good hands with the jewelry. You're in good hands. Oh, yes, you're in very good hands. (laughs) Very, very, very good hands. Thank you. So, Joaquina, you're, you know, obviously, Act 3 is really your act. You did a scene from Act 3, and you've said in the past how when you first read the script, you were so completely blown away that your character had 10 pages of dialogue nonstop, and you'd never seen... Or, or read a play where a Black woman character gets that much stage time and gets to control the audience for, for such a long period of time. How long was the scene from Act 3 in the audition? Oh, in the audition. Um, I think it was maybe the first four pages. 
It wasn't the entire, it wasn't the entire monologue. Yeah. And then compare that to the length of the other scenes that you did, where it was act three, the, the sort of more, the most in-depth scene they had you do? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but the first, the, the first scene was pretty much the first scene in, in the act of the play. And so that was more lighthearted and easy to kind of get into. And then the second scene was, of course, the group therapy session, which is its own beast because you don't have um, all of your participants in there with you to, to vibe off of. And then, but the last, the, the monologue from the last act is so complex, the thoughts. Um, so I really had to take my time with that. It, it's very complex thoughts. She's all over the place in the middle of a manic attack. And yeah, it was very hard to just kind of find her train of thought or find like the modem behind that. I'm just trying to, so in the room, it's just Robert O'Hara and Jeremy O'Harris. Yes. And wow, that's a small group. That is a small group. And did you know either of them? Had you worked with either of them before? Or, or did you know sort of Jeremy from from school or anything? Or I didn't know Jeremy before the audition, but I knew Robert O'Hara. We did uh, the mountaintop at Arena Stage and um, I think at the Alley Theater in Texas. Okay, great. And did they, after they told you about the controversy, which I think is so interesting, right? That mm -hmm. that's the... That's the the first thing to to see, I guess, how you might react, right? Right. And then, did they give you any direction on the monologues, or did they just say, "Go ahead"? They asked, They let me go ahead first, and then you know they they pick little nitbits after the end after you get through the piece. But yeah, it was very it was very minimal. They were very kind. Um, in the process and just kind of let me work. It was one of those things to where I think it's so important for actors when they go into these audition spaces to know that that is your time and to take as much time as possible to really own it. And so many times we get in there, we want to rush, rush through the experience, not ground ourselves, not say, no, this is my time to actually take up space. And, and they were so generous with that, which is really nice. So Joaquina, you had said before, um, that Jeremy gives the actor a ton of freedom in this role. And there's, you know, a lot of ways that this role can sort of change. So in knowing that, how, when you read these, the, the pages, you read the script, you're preparing for the audition. How does one know how to take, where to take that character in the audition? Did your friend, Tayana, because you'd never seen it off Broadway. Did your friend give you her perspective? How did you know how to tackle this material, which is so complex and so deep? Um, no, she didn't give me any advice because we're, we're always very, um, I guess, respectful about each other's processes. And, and so much of it is knowing that as different actors, you're going to go in and make your own choices. And I think Part of that is my training that allows me to know to, how to break down a script. So I read it as many times as I possibly can. I, I figure out what my objective is in this scene, um, go through characterizations or try to figure out my way in. If this reminds me of a certain person or what kind of things I want to put on it, that's where I start. 
and knowing that that's just the start because the audition is not necessarily about perfecting it or getting it right. It really right. is just figuring out where you can start from. Right. Um, and Jeremy is such a brilliant writer that a lot of it is on the page. And, and because there is not a lot of stage directions, it really does give you the freedom to just kind of go in and make your own choices. And so it's so important when you get scripts to just go in and make strong choices, things that stand out to you and, and resonate to you. And other people will see it. And then if they don't like it, <laughs> just give you the note to try it this way, you know, right. and, and most directors and people do, as long as they see you make a strong choice mm-hmm. in the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's so interesting to think of the audition as where to begin, right? I, I yeah. think that's not how people outside of the business think of it. And and to to hear an actor say that, I think really, I think is revealing about the whole creative process in so many ways. Right. I agree. Yeah, I think it's very I don't think there's anybody that will tell you whatever they audition with is how they ended up performing it on Broadway on the stage. There's just no way to duplicate that same thing unless you're not growing and being affected by people in the room. And so I think it it, it takes the pressure because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves going in to, to be perfect and you want people to like you. And and it's really just about concentrating on the material, making strong choices, trusting in yourself, going with your, uh, what basically is just your instincts of what you feel like this, this moment is and, and sharing it with people. Uh, who was it? I think Brian Cranston said like the best thing of how he auditions is just like knowing he's, he's going in there and getting a chance to perform. And it's not an audition. It's just a chance to like right. show you doing yourself this scene and, and having right. fun with it. And I think the more we do that, the easier it is then to just kind of be free in that space. So it's not so terrifying. (laughs) Is it hard to think that way though, when you really want to (laughs) part? You know, you know, the interesting thing, I, I feel, I feel more so terrified when I feel like I I probably shouldn't be going in for this thing. Um, And, or you know, like sometimes they'll do these casting choices and say, well, we might want this choice. We'll, we'll have this option. And I'm like, I don't think I necessarily fit this role, but I'll just go in and try. And that's when it's awful. That's when I bomb. That's when <laughs> <laughs> notes don't come out right. I totally freeze. And the things that I find um, when I get a page, if I immediately connect to the words or just like get this feeling in my gut, then I'm like, oh, this feels right. Mm-hmm. This feels good. And I'm going to just concentrate on the work and trust it because everything is there on the page. And, and that to me is, is, is when I feel the less, the least stressful mm-hmm. about an experience when I feel like there's a true connection to the material. And when it's not, I don't get it. It's epic bomb. <laughs> right. That's amazing. Um, let me ask you this. You have done, you've done great plays. You've also done a ton of musicals. You were in Eddie in Color Purple. You got rave reviews. What's the difference from an audition perspective for you preparing for a musical audition, preparing for a play audition? Are the rituals the same? Are they different? Do you have more fun during musical auditions? In, certain, in terms of bringing a character to life, I'm just curious, because for me, I think 
I'm not an actor, but if I were an actor, I would think I'd have more fun in musical auditions than in play auditions, just because it's more animated, I guess. But I'm curious <laughs> to hear what, and you, as if you haven't seen or know from that, this <laughs> podcast, I'm hyper animated, yes. but I'm just curious, I'm just curious for you, how is it different? Oh, it's terrifying. Musicals terrify me. Ah. Singing terrifies me. Uh, that's partly w- what attracted me to do um, Paradise Square. I think I like I like roles that challenge you and that scare yeah. me first off the page. For me, I don't know. Maybe it's New York. It's cold. You're traveling on these trains, and and then you you have to like unbutton yourself and try to get ready in these small rooms at. <laughs> You know, at like Pearl Studios and stuff with like 80 people around the whole week trying to hear you sing. It's nerve wracking. And then God help you if it's a 10 a.m. Um, <laughs> musical singing audition. And I'm like, my voice doesn't wake up to like 2 p.m. I don't know. It's rough. <laughs> so and I think maybe a lot of it, too, is because I. I always say I'm an actor first and I think that's just because that's how I train but and I a part of me always regrets because I had to pick between Juilliard for acting and then Carnegie Mellon for musical theater and I oh. chose Juilliard and I was like oh I'm always like oh maybe if you went that way you would be more comfortable but I feel like now I'm having more fun now I think in musicals partly because of this crazy year we've had, there is something about singing that is deeply vulnerable um, and also exciting and moving. And I think, and it, 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 and it joyful. generates a spirit and energy, right? Yeah. The energy in people. And so that's partly, yeah, my, my reason for doing a musical specifically right now. I'm like, I want to sing, I want to celebrate, I want to joy, I want to do a little kick if I can. <laughs> <laughs> Joaquina, let's go. I want to go back to the audition room because I think what happens after the audition is a mystery to a lot of us. And and also it's sort of what happens after you leave the room is quite important, right? So you leave, you get on a flight back to Atlanta. And when, like, what are you thinking? And then when do you hear from them next you know I think then I I usually or at least now I've I've been pretty good about once I go in for something I leave it there as much as I can and and whatever that means for me even if it's like reading a book to just kind of change my mind I watch mindless television so I'll put on family guy or something while I'm on the you know what I mean yeah family guy while I'm on the airplane watching something just to get my mind off of it and grab a drink and just be like oh that's done right. or sometimes I'll give myself a treat like a Kit Kat which is my favorite chocolate bar and just mm-hmm. like you did good you did mm-hmm. it and now leave it up to God's hands it's out mm-hmm. of your hands either they want you or they don't and it's all right but you did your best work and yeah and I leave it alone and then it's always shocking when you get a call it's like Cause you never know. You never know how any of it is gonna go, and you're like, okay, they they bought it. <laughs> so you didn't. So Joaquina, you didn't walk out of that audition saying to yourself, "Oh, girl, I nailed that." 
No. You, really? <laughs> no. Even after I Jeremy didn't. tried to hire you on the spot, you Yo, didn't that's like- right. <laughs> no, because you know what? It, it, people say that and people always try to say they're going to give you jobs or, oh, we love you so much. And mm-hmm. then it always sometimes ends up going another way. And mm-hmm. I think as a way to protect myself, I'm like, until yeah. I see a contract, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I'm just going to leave it yeah. alone. You're like yeah. me. Yeah. No, I think it's that's really good advice, though, right? Yeah. To to sort of wait for, and and it's also protects you a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Joaquin is one of 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 all the guests, and this is not a judgment, but of all the guests that we've had so far, Celine, I think she's the more she's been the most chill, like after an audition, because other people we've spoken to. And I I would imagine that this is what a lot of actors go through. It's the self-doubt, particularly if you really want this role. Now, speaking of which, did you really want this role? When you were were preparing, you're like, oh my God, please God, let me have this role. Like this is everything I've ever wanted to do. I did. I fully prayed before I prayed after like it. And I was like, all right, if it's meant to be at that point, then it'll, it'll be. And if not, then it wasn't my journey to take. But, oh, my um, goodness. That is such yeah, a healthy I, attitude. I absolutely pray. I mean, I literally, I'm one to have, even when I did, when I auditioned for The Color Purple, <laughs> I had Bible verses in my bra <laughs> while I was auditioning just to kind of keep me grounded. Sometimes you need words of affirmation or whatever yes. you need just to kind of stay grounded because it can be nerve wracking, especially when you have like, 20 producers, you know, behind the table watching you in in these final rounds. And I'll say for me, to be honest, though, the most nerve wracking auditions for me have been um, early on when I was doing pilot auditions. And so if I would get like the the callbacks to uh, and getting on a flight to Los Angeles was so nerve wracking because there are so many stories about people being like either you hear before you get on the plane or you hear right afterwards after you audition whether you got it. And it's a five hour flight. And so I feel like that's when like all of the doubt used to come into my head early on of like, oh my God, now I have to go back home. And I don't know if I got it. If I do, this whole thing could change my life because you you sign your contract before you even do your last audition in those pilot auditions. So you see the potential money that you could make. And that in in and of itself is just like a, a, a bit of a mind, you know, warp. It's it it messes with your mind a bit. Um, yeah. But theater auditions, no, they're 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 a lot more chill. I love the theater community. <laughs> yeah. It's when, way more chill now. When did you hear you got the role, and and who called you? My agents called me. Um, but Robert O'Hare, he did send me a text. I do I do remember that. And <laughs> and we're we're text buddies. Um, I love it. And and he's such a good spirit. Um, and he said, All right, you welcome to the team. <laughs> I said, okay. And I was so excited and so um terrified, quite honestly, at the same time. This role absolutely terrified me. And I'm like, I don't even know if my brain can hold this right now with uh-huh. everything that was going on. I was like, right. I don't know if I can hold whatever this last act is. This is different <laughs> from anything I've ever done. Um, yeah. I'm exciting. curious. I'm curious to know about these Bible verses in your bra. Um, what were they? And are yeah. they the same Bible verses um, that you kind of go to uh, time and time again um, and serve kind of as your mantra? 
I do. I mean, my favorite one is uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, where I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And I always remember that. So no matter what the plans for my life, it's already planned out. And no matter what, they're going to give me hope in a future, not destruction, not anxiety, not all of the other things that come with it. Um, so that one always grounds me. And it's probably my favorite um, Bible verse. Goosebumps. <laughs> That's a really beautiful one. It really is. Joaquina, tell us about uh, Paradise Square, um, uh, what, it, what it's about, when it's coming out, and your role in it. We start rehearsals like next week. I'm very excited. Um, Paradise Square is a a new musical that takes place in 1863 in the midst of the Civil War um, in New York. And it's specifically about the Five Points community. Mm. Oh, yeah. I never knew. I I didn't really know the history of of New York. But it's really about these two communities of of free um, and escaped Blacks and um, the um, immigrants uh, from Ireland. Mm-hmm. And how they coexist in this community, how they love each other, thrive together up until Lincoln puts up this draft <laughs> and all hell ensues on this community. And, and I think it's it's such a a pivotal show for this time mm-hmm. and just and just how divisive this world has been, I think, in this past year. And, and hopefully it brings the communities back together because I think it's important to know that. I feel like after we saw January 6th, we should know that history shows us that that was not the first time this has happened. And that's why I think it's so important to tell these stories. So we know that nothing is really new. Yeah. <laughs> Everything right. pretty much has been done before. And it's, it's great to learn this new history. And the, and the show opens in early 22, right? Yes. It's going to be at the Barrymore Theater. Oh, oh that's great. great. We'll be there. So Joaquina, you've talked a lot about, um, sort of choosing roles as it relates to an artist leaving a legacy. You know, having done slave play, how are you sort of thinking about what you say yes to? But just sort of thinking ahead, you've had all these incredible roles. You've been nominated for prestigious awards, including this Tony for lead actress. How are you thinking in terms of the roles you take moving forward? I love original works. I love new works. I love discovering new artists and new playwrights. I think there are so many stories that don't get told about so many cultures and people that we just don't know. And so that's kind of where I start from is just, have I heard this story before? Have I seen this person before? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it comes to me, sometimes it's interesting roles kind of reflect something that you're going through as well. And I think even with, with something like Kanisha, because I just, I was in the midst of grief and I felt myself locking up. It, it was that pent upness that it, I guess mm. somehow subconsciously it brought that role to me to, mm-hmm. to be able to release whatever that is every night mm-hmm. on that stage, which is really um, great. Um, but for me, in terms of legacy, uh, as a, as a black woman, I, I, I want to tell stories where we're just, we just get to be human beings um, with full lives, um, complex lives. We're not one thing. I, I like variety. Sometimes, I mean, I feel like sometimes I want to be like Samuel Jackson and do a snakes on the plane too. You know, right. I, I just think <laughs> acting is fun and it should be fun. And, and so 
those those times when I feel like there's something I really need to say, it seems like those roles kind of come my way. But if, I, if I'm feeling free or fun, then, then I yeah. feel like that's where I want to move. But in terms of my legacy and what I want to create, I want to write original works. And that's kind of what mm. I've been focusing on more so the history of my uh, parents because they're Angolan. So I've just been like on this whole journey of, of really um, discovering my own heritage and culture and figuring out what stories I can tell with that. Well, you know, again, thank you for, for the performance that you shared with everyone who went to see Slave Play and so excited to, to keep coming to see you on stage and on screen. Can't wait to see your dress at the Tonys and, and, and to cheer you on that day too. Thank you so much. (laughs) Is that verse from Jeremiah going to be in your bra? Absolutely. Uh. (laughs) Are you kidding? Absolutely. (laughs) Fantastic. Oh, William, I think this kind of audition is the new model for job interviews everywhere. I couldn't agree more. I think it really sets the tone. And I think Jeremy O'Harris and Robert O'Hara just laid it all out there. We're in this together. It won't be easy, but it will all truly matter. Just saying that from the beginning, I think just sets up a great performance. No, I, I mean, I it makes me think about how I begin interviews, but I'm just so moved too by Joaquina's sense of what that moment meant. What she did with the role in Slave Play is just, it's so incredible. It will forever be this important historical moment for Broadway. Stilly, not to jinx it. And, and you know, you're Greek, you believe in the evil eye. I shouldn't even say it, but she's going to win the Tony. We don't say anything. We don't say anything. The performance was incredible. She is a Tony nominee. We don't say anything until it happens. Correct. Nothing until it happens, fingers crossed. For all of you rooting for Joaquina who want to follow her as she takes on a new role in Paradise Square, you can keep up with her on Instagram at, and I'm going to spell it, J-O-A-Q-U-I-N-A-K-A-L-U-K-A-N-G-O. And you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Instagram at The Audition Podcast. We'll be back soon. With more audition stories and more amazing guests. I'm so excited for this season on Broadway and off Broadway and on The Audition. Me too. The Audition is produced by Rob Corso, Casey Kahn, and Howie Kahn for Freetime Media with me, William Lee. And me, Staline Volandis. Our music is by John Palmer. Special thanks to Scott Pask, Justin Robertson, Lauren Tappan, and Jim Bick. And to Martinis. <laughs> to be clear. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.